KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In-Depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. You can now drink alcohol on the Atlantic City Boardwalk. It's a temporary measure meant to help small businesses that have suffered from COVID-19 restrictions. And it's not just Atlantic City. North Wildwood and other Jersey Shore towns are running their own open beverage experiments. At the end of last week, Cape May City Council also voted to let people legally drink outdoors in public. But it wasn't that easy for a town that hasn't really changed all that much in the last 100 years. I reached out to Councilman Zach Mullock before an emergency meeting on the open container resolution. He told me how the town felt about it and what he was thinking before the vote. So just to start off, can you introduce yourself and tell me what you do? Okay, yes, I'm Zach Mullock. I'm a council member here in Cape May. Can you just tell me about Cape May and how it's different from other Jersey Shore towns? Yeah, well, I'm actually sitting, I ran right from work, and I'm, right now I'm sitting in the bed and breakfast my family owns. I was born and raised in Cape May and, and uh, kind of actually grew up in a bed and breakfast, a different one than this one, but we own the Chalfont Hotel in Cape May, which actually has a bar. The Chalfont has a bar, so this would, you know, kind of directly affect that, which has been something that I've kind of brought up in the past. But um, I think the special thing about Cape May is our support of historic preservation. I'm on the Historic Preservation Commission, and um, have you ever been to Cape May? I have, I have. Uh, okay, I, I mean, I just, I mean, I've grown up here, but I love it, and I like, I, I choose to live here and be here, and I just think that it's such a special little piece of history and culture. I mean, there's not a lot of towns that have three theaters that are in like a three square mile. We have beautiful beaches, but we also have the historic and Victorian architecture. And it attracts um, a broad range of different types of people, you know, kind of your artistic, cultural, and historic preservation type people. And, of course, in the summertime, it uh, attracts so many families. And that, that's kind of been Cape May's bread and butter for over 100 years is, is um, family vacations. The big news this week coming out of the Jersey Shore is that Atlantic City is going to allow open container laws temporarily changing. So, um, you know, people can walk freely with alcoholic beverages. And I understand Cape May Council is also discussing this. Can you just tell me what happened uh, during last week's meeting? Yeah, so, uh, of course, and I think uh, North Wildwood has passed it, and so has Wildwood in some functions, which is, of course, a little bit closer to us than Atlantic City. But its I'll be honest with you, this is one where I've really been on the fence, and I think you saw some of my comments before. But as I just stated, we have cultivated this image, and it's a deserved image, of, of being a family vacation destination and um, being really welcoming to um, families and frankly people of all ages but the other thing about Cape May is I think it has 27 bars (laughs) in a a, uh, three square mile area so there certainly isn't a lack of um, places you know watering holes that if you want to get a drink you certainly can get one now, of course, the problem this year with COVID-19 is, is people can't get inside bars. So I, um, I've heard it from people in the community and, of course, business owners who have said, 
um, you know, look, our, our, our business is dying. You know, we, we really need any help that we can get. And I'm really sympathetic to those people. Um, and then I've heard from the other side, from community members and even business owners who have said, you know, the last thing we need to add to COVID-19 is alcohol. While Cape May County has not been affected nearly as badly as some other areas, of course, tourism is, you know, is, is going to change that to some effect. Um, it's certainly, um, you know, with the governor's uh, executive orders, uh, of course, we've, we've followed them. Bars aren't open. And uh, it's just make, made it so difficult for these businesses to, to survive at this point. And the other thing that people just don't understand on the business side of things is in Cape May, we, while the season has expanded over the years and Christmas has become a big thing in Cape May too, people close. You know, they close, um, a lot of the bars close after October. So they're closed all the way until, you know, typically April or May. And at that time, they're typically making large purchases and capital expenditures that cost a lot of money. And, you know, nobody foresaw this, you know, this type of economic disaster, you know, outside the health disaster, the economic disaster for these people. I mean, as you said, uh, you know, you had a lot of comments last week at the meeting and you suggested several details that I think needed to be worked out. Um, right. Can you just explain to me what were, what they were and what your concerns were? So the initial resolution had no restriction on time and no restriction on location and actually no restriction on, you know, amounts. So yeah, the question I asked, which I said kind of in jest, but, it, but I fully wanted to understand was, you know, could you take a keg to a public park? And I used the War Memorial Park here in Cape May. Uh, at three o'clock in the morning under this resolution? And the answer was yes. So I thought that while we may definitely want to help our businesses, uh, we have to do so in a smart way that um, isn't going to cause a chaos on one hand and also actually is going to help the businesses because what's important here, and, and I've asked, you know, friends and family members and said, you know, if open containers were available, would you go to the liquor store or would you go to the bar or restaurant? And frankly, most of them are saying, you know, we go to the liquor store. And liquor stores are actually doing pretty well through, throughout the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. So in any event, those were some of the questions I had. And I, and I think that leads to the question of does in, in its current form, would it actually help those businesses? And I'm not too sure if that, that's such an obvious answer. To me, what I think we should be doing is really loosening the restrictions on outdoor seating. Essentially, to simplify it as much as possible, basically allow businesses to do what they do inside on the outside. And I think that solves a lot of the issues because the, the one issue I see, and, and this is going to be an issue that's kind of interesting to all shore towns, the police academy closed down for COVID-19. And typically in seashore towns, just like uh, for businesses, the police hire a lot of class one and class two officers. We kind of like double our force of police just from class one and class two officers. I see that as another potential issue. Here we are kind of adding alcohol to the entire town while having far less police presence. So in any event, certainly there could be ways to do it. 
but I think when I said having the business outside, taking what people do on the inside, taking it outside, typically what happens now is a bartender is trained to check IDs. They know they, they're supposed to know when to stop serving someone. And frankly, I think in Cape May, they do a really good job of that. And they clean up after people because, of course, like one of the questions is like, you know, are you going to have trash cans everywhere? Are you going to have recycling bins everywhere? And um, frankly, the answer to that is no. And then you get to the issue of tips, too. I mean, people just don't tip as much on a, on a um, takeout. But when they're being served and they're sitting at a table, they do get tips. You know, and, and while that may not sound like a big issue for a lot of people in the city of Cape May, that's huge. Because so many um, young people, um, that's how they make their livelihood is in service. It's a, it's a service community. That's what we do. So those things have to be considered. Right. And, and you, you mentioned some other people who are against it, too. Um, what are their arguments? What have you heard from people? And you did you mentioned the police department as well. Well, and, and I, I've heard from several lifeguards and, and uh, high ranking lifeguards who, you know, one record that Kate May has is they've never had a drowning. And I, I mean, that's an amazing statistic. But on, while lifeguards have been on duty. You know, they, they take the safety of the public very, very seriously. They ha- we have a really professional lifeguard group. A couple of them have approached me and said, you know, it's just not a good idea this year. We, we don't have the systems in place. Because a couple people have said, well, look, other cities do this. You, you go to New Orleans and they do this. And um, But I see the difference there in that they've been doing this for so many years and they have systems in place and protocols where, like, I remember when I was in New Orleans and I had a, a drink outside, but I remember even a horse walking into the bar with a police on top of it. You know, they could walk in and out of the bars, you know, to, to monitor everything that's going on. And it's not to sound like... Um, People can't control themselves because they can. I mean, there, there's no doubt. And frankly, um, we know people have drinks on the beach all the time. I think the kind of like the moral contract, you know, the, the unwritten rule that we have here in Cape May is if if you're discreet and respectful, pe- people don't bother you. You know, I think the question is once that becomes legal, do people still remain discreet or, or do you have a problem with and I don't want to single out young people because <laughs> young people have had a really difficult time over the last couple of months here you know, with, with graduations and driver's license and all that. But, you know, underage drinking is a concern as well. So um, those are things that, that are concerns and, and are brought up to me from m- multiple people throughout town. So do we really need people walking down the street drinking, you know, when, when you're passing with your family? I have three kids and I'm certainly no prude. I enjoy an, uh, an alcoholic beverage, but I also do feel for the people who said, you know, I like to keep those things a little bit separate. And I, frankly, it's, it's worked for 100 years in Cape May, you know, so um, why change that? So th- those, are the, those are the questions that I get. And, and, and frankly, I agree and understand with. Can you talk about any of the positives? Has the council discussed those? And as you said, I mean, right now with the pandemic, maybe it will help businesses. Um, just, right. yeah, what are some of the positives if you guys talked about any? The positives, of course, is profit. <laughs> but, you know, that means a lot to these shore communities because what people just don't grasp is the fact that. M- 90% of the um, 
profit that people make in Cape May is in three months. And I, and I think um, the issue we have is we've already uh, passed an outdoor seating um, resolution, which I helped write. And I thought that that was really important to allow people to expand. And I think yet we have to be really loose about that. Allow people to expand as much as possible on the outside of their um, businesses. But the problem is some of the businesses don't really have a lot of place to expand to. And that's where I think this resolution, the proponents of this resolution are saying, what do those people do? And the true, the fact is, I don't have a very good answer to that. I don't. I'd rather kind of see some designated public areas, maybe even on the beach. But I'd like to see service there. Tables, people being, you know, serviced, trash isn't everywhere, and you have kind of a, a system that's monitoring. And it, when I talked about the police, the first kind of like 99% of that alcoholic beverage control is from the business itself. You know, it's only like that 1% when they have to call the police and have some someone take care of the issue. When alcohol becomes everywhere, now it's basically the police. You know, I mean, you don't have that um, staff in place that's taking care of the other 99%. So I, I think the, the police are going to have to be involved in this highly. So it's going to be uh, difficult for those for the police department. And then the, I think the, you asked me what the positives were, so I'm not giving you a positive right now. But I think it's important to say that it's very important, especially in a so our our town goes from three thousand to over forty thousand often. It's important for our small police force to be able to deal with the most important issues which isn't always going to be people walking around with alcohol. But so if they're constantly being um, pushed onto that, that's going to take away from some of the other important issues. But um, again, so to answer your, your positives, I think the main thing is helping out these small businesses that um, I don't want to see go under. You mentioned New Orleans, uh, probably the most obvious um, example right. right now. I was looking up places too. I never knew that Erie, Pennsylvania is um, a really <laughs> place for open containers. So I learned some new things as well. But, people just don't like laws out there, frankly. Yeah, right. I think like the comment was like, um, if you've ever been to Erie, you know why they need this. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, funny. That's funny. But um. Have you guys been looking into other cities and seeing if it actually if there is proof that the businesses were the ones that saw the revenue? I think the the straight answer is no. <laughs> I mean, all of this is uncharted territory, frankly, and so my research on it has been pretty limited in regards to that. I've looked more into how they passed the law and things like that. Actually, another interesting thing about that, Charlotte, is we have an ordinance on the books and we're passing a resolution. And frankly, as boring as that may sound, it's important that our um, democracy and the, and the rules that we've established, we abide by. And the rule says that a resolution, unless it's an emergency, cannot overrule an ordinance. And, and an ordinance takes a public hearing. You have to have two weeks. To, it has to be noticed to the city. Every, basically, it's for bigger issues. I don't see open container as an emergency. The argument there is our businesses need help right away. But I think, frankly, 
it'd be an interesting conversation for a legal scholar as to, you know, is this even, is the way we're doing this even legal? And even our solicitor will tell you he thinks it is. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's all this is kind of uncharted waters. Right. And I mean, if you can, what do you think like the future of Kate May is for this? Um, obviously, it doesn't seem like it would be a permanent change, but can you see it becoming a temporary thing? I could see it becoming a temporary thing. I, I, one thing is it has to be temporary. And I think one thing that should be said is that it's not a trial either. This isn't something to see how it goes, because even if it goes well, I don't, there, I don't think there's any way we should make this a permanent thing. I do think outdoor, even before COVID-19, you know, al fresco dining has become bigger and bigger. Frankly, with our generation, with the younger generation, people love to dine outdoors. We've seen that as a trend throughout the city over the last few years, you know, well before COVID-19. So should we expand our outdoor seating? Should we allow more drinking and on the exterior? Those are things that I could get my head around um, going forward. But I think, if anything, this needs to be temporary. And the, the point here is to help our small businesses um, during this economic disaster. Cape May County has an unemployment rate of 26.6%. You know, nationally, it's 14, I think it's 14.4%. So we're almost double what it is nationally in Cape May County. So we have a problem. I mean, that, that, that is not a, not a doubt. So much of our industry is based on the service industry, and the service industry is not allowed to be open right now. So, yeah, I'm, we're trying to make help make up for any lost profits that people have as much as we possibly can. Um, we're not the federal government. We can't make um, loans. We can't you know, have the PPP or anything like that. But we can make what I consider to be small uh, changes that could have a, a, a good economic um, benefit to to our uh to our businesses yeah that's great thank you so much for your time today yeah charlotte no no problem uh, thank you very much for having me yeah good luck with the meeting <laughs> i need it because <laughs> either way people are gonna hate me so <laughs> one side or the other you know it's 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 a tough it's a it's a really it's a difficult decision I, i've all the you know i've had more important decisions than this one but this one's been um i haven't seen such um Furor on on either either side of uh, the uh, the table. So anyway, we'll we'll see. During an emergency meeting Thursday, the Cape May City Council approved an open container resolution, but with some of the suggestions Zach mentioned, Zach didn't vote, and neither did Councilwoman Stacy Sheehan. It passed with the other council persons' vote, as well as the deputy mayor and mayor. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic here in the Philadelphia area or how it's affecting you, subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.